Section 35 of The Glories of Ireland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Perard. The Glories of Ireland. Edited by Joseph Dunn and P.J. Lennox. Irish Journalists. By Michael McDonough. The most splendid testimony to the Irish genius in journalism is afforded by the London press of the opening decades of the 20th century. One of the greatest newspaper organizers of modern times is Lord Northcliffe. As the principal proprietor and guiding mind of both the Times and the Daily Mail, he directly influences public opinion from the steps of the throne and the door of the cabinet to the errand-boy and the servant-maid. T. P. O'Connor, M.P., is the most popular writer on current social and political topics, and so amazing in his versatility that every subject he touches is illumined by those fine qualities, vision, and sincerity. The most renowned of political writers is J. L. Garvin of the Pall Mall Gazette and The Observer, by his leading articles he has done as much as the late joseph chamberlain by his speeches to democratize and humanize the old tory party of england the authoritative special correspondent studying at first hand all the problems which divide the nations of europe and knowing personally most of its rulers and statesmen is e j dillon of the daily telegraph and when the quarrels of nations are transferred from the chancelleries to the stricken field, there is no one among the war correspondents more enterprising and intrepid in his methods, or more picturesque and vivid with his pen, than M. H. Donahoe of the Daily Chronicle. All these men are Irish. Could there be more striking proof of the natural bent and aptitude of the Irish mind for journalism? Dean Swift was the mightiest journalist that ever stirred the sluggish soul of humanity. Were he alive today, and had he at his command the enormous circulation of a great daily newspaper, he would keep millions in a perpetual mental ferment. Such was the ferocious indignation into which he was aroused by wrong and injustice, and his gift of savage, ironical expression. Swift, as a young student in trinity college dublin saw the birth of the first offspring of the irish mind in journalism the dublin newsletter made its appearance in june sixteen eighty five and was published every three or four days for the circulation of news and advertisements only one copy of the first issue of this the earliest of irish newspapers is extant it is included in the thorpe collection of tracts in the royal dublin society dated august twenty sixth sixteen eighty five it consists of a single leaf of paper printed on both sides and contains just one item of news a letter brought by the english packet from london and two local advertisements as i reverently handled it I was thrilled by the thought that from this insignificant little seed sprang the great national organ, the Freeman's Journal, the press of the United Irishmen, the nation of the young Irelanders, the 
united ireland of the land league the irish world and the boston pilot of the american irish and the irish independent the first halfpenny dublin morning paper and the most widely circulated of irish journals if swift did not write for the dublin newsletter he certainly wrote for the examiner a weekly miscellany published in the irish capital from seventeen ten to seventeen thirteen and the first journal that endeavoured to create public opinion in ireland it was at swift's instigation that this paper was started and he was doubtless encouraged to suggest it by the success that attended his articles in the contemporary london publication of the same name the tory examiner in which his journalistic genius was fully revealed as it has been expressively put he wrote his friends harley and st john into a firm grip of power and thus as in other ways contributed his share to the inauguration and maintenance of that policy which in the last four years of queen anne so materially recast the whole european situation about the same time there appeared in london the earliest forms of the periodical essay in the tatler and the spectator which exhibit the comprehensiveness of the irish temperament in writing by affording a contrast between the irish force and vehemence of swift and the irish play of kindly wit and tender pathos in the deft and dainty periods of richard steele dr charles lucas was even more than swift perhaps the precursor of that type of irish publicist and journalist of which there have been many splendid examples since then in ireland england and america lucas first started the censor a weekly journal in seventeen forty eight within two years his paper was suppressed for exciting discontent with the government and to avoid a prosecution he fled to england in seventeen sixty three the freeman's journal was established by three dublin merchants lucas who had returned from a long exile and was a member of the irish parliament contributed to it sometimes anonymously but generally over the signature of a citizen or civis the editor was henry brooks novelist poet and playwright his novel the fool of quality is still read his tragedy the earl of essex was wrongly supposed to contain a precept who rules or freeman should himself be free which led to the more famous parody of dr samuel johnson who drives fat oxen should himself be fat the object of lucas and brooke as journalists was to awaken national sentiment by teaching that ireland had an individuality of her own independently of england but they were more convinced with the assertion of the constitutional rights of the parliament of the protestant colony as against the domination of england therefore the first organ of irish nationality representative of all creeds and classes was the press the newspaper of the united irishmen which was started in dublin in seventeen ninety seven by arthur o'connor the son of a rich merchant who had made his money in london its editor was peter finnerty born of humble parentage at loray 
afterwards a famous parliamentary reporter for the london morning chronicle and its most famous contributor was dr william drennan the poet who first called ireland the emerald isle irishmen did not become prominently associated with american journalism until after the famine and the collapse of the young ireland movement in eighteen forty eight the journalist whom i regard as having exercised the most faithful influence on the destinies of ireland was charles gavan duffy the founder and first editor of the nation a newspaper of which it was truly and finally said that it brought a new soul into erin among its contributors who afterwards added lustre to the journalism of the united states was john mitchell in the southern citizen and the richmond inquirer he supported the south against the north in the civil war the rev abram joseph ryan who was associated with journalism in new orleans not only acted as a catholic chaplain with the confederate army but sang of its hopes and aspirations in tuneful verse serving in the army of the north was charles g halpine whose songs signed private miles o'reilly were very popular in those days of national convulsion in the united states halpine's father had edited the tory newspaper the dublin evening mail and halpine himself after the war edited the citizen of new york famous for its advocacy of reforms in civic administration perhaps the two most renowned men in irish american journalism were john boyle o'reilly of the boston pilot and patrick ford of the irish world o'reilly was a troop sergeant in the tenth hussars prince of wales own and during the fenian troubles of eighteen sixty six had eighty of his men ready armed and mounted to take out of island bridge barracks dublin at a given signal to aid the projected insurrection detected he was brought to trial summarily convicted and sentenced to be shot this sentence was commuted to twenty-five years penal servitude but o'reilly survived it all to become a brilliant man of letters and make the boston pilot one of the most influential irish and catholic newspapers in the united states ford who had served his apprenticeship as a compositor in the office of william lloyd garrison at boston founded the irish world in eighteen seventy this newspaper gave powerful aid to the land league a special issue of one million six hundred fifty thousand copies of the irish world was printed on january eleventh eighteen seventy nine for circulation in ireland and money to the amount of six hundred thousand dollars altogether was sent by ford to the headquarters of the agitation in dublin a journalist of a totally different kind was edwin lawrence godkin born in county wicklow the son of a presbyterian clergyman godkin in eighteen sixty five established the nation in new york as an organ of independent thought and for thirty-five years he filled a unique position standing aside from all parties sects and bodies and yet permeating them all with his sane and restraining philosophy in canada thomas d'arcy mcgee 
won fame as a journalist on the new era before he became even more distinguished as a parliamentarian when the history of australian journalism is written it will contain two outstanding irish names daniel henry denaihi who died in eighteen sixty five was called by bulwer lytton the australian macaulay on account of his brilliant writings as critic and reviewer in the press of victoria gerald henry supple another dublin man is also remembered for his contributions to the age and the argus of melbourne in india one of the first if not the first english newspapers was founded by a limerick man named charles johnstone who had previously attained fame as the author of chrysal or the adventures of a guinea and who died at calcutta about eighteen hundred stirring memories of battle and adventure leaped to mind at the names of those renowned war correspondents william howard russell edmund o'donovan and james j o'kelly russell a dublin man was the first newspaper representative to accompany an army into the field he saw all the mighty engagements of the crimea alma balaclava inkerman sebastopol not from a distance of sixty or eighty miles which is the nearest that correspondents are now allowed to approach the front but at the closest quarters riding through the lines on his mule and seeing the engagements vividly so that he was able to describe them in moving detail for the readers of the times o'donovan son of dr john o'donovan the distinguished irish scholar and archaeologist was in the service of the london daily news that dashing campaigner as his famous book the merv oasis shows him to have been perished with hicks pasha's army in the sudan in november eighteen eighty three at the same time james o'kelly also of the daily news was lost in the desert trying to join the forces of the victorious sudanese under the mahdi ten years before that he had accomplished for the new york herald the equally daring and hazardous feat of joining the cuban rebels in revolt against spain he escaped the perils of the mambi land and the sudan and survived to serve ireland for many years as a nationalist member in the british parliament john augustus o'shea better known perhaps as the irish bohemian also deserves remembrance for his quarter of a century's work as special correspondent in europe including paris during the siege for the london standard indeed no matter to what side of journalism we turn we find irishmen filling the foremost and the highest places john thaddeus delane under whose editorship the times became for a time the most influential newspaper in the world was of irish parentage the first editor of the illustrated london news eighteen forty two one of the pioneers in the elucidation of news by means of pictures was an irishman frederick bailey among the projectors of punch and one of its earliest contributors was a king's county man joseph sterling coyne the founder of the liverpool daily post eighteen fifty five the first penny daily paper in great britain was michael joseph witty a wexford man 
his son edward m witty was the originator of that interesting feature of english and irish journalism the sketch of personalities and proceedings in parliament of the editors of the athenaeum for many years the leading english organ of literary criticism one of the most famous was dr john doran who was of irish parentage dodd is a familiar household word in the british parliament it is the name of the recognized guide to the careers and political opinions of lords and commons its founder was an irishman charles roger dodd who for twenty-three years was a parliamentary reporter for the times and what name sheds a brighter light on the annals of british journalism for intellectual and imaginative force than that of justin mccarthy novelist and historian as well as newspaper writer at home in ireland the name of gray is inseparably associated with the freeman's journal under the direction of dr john gray this newspaper became in the sixties and seventies the most powerful organ of public opinion in ireland and in the eighties it was raised still higher in ability and influence by his son and successor edmund dwyer gray in the south of ireland the most influential daily newspaper is the cork examiner which was founded in eighteen forty one by john francis mcguire who wrote in eighteen sixty eight the irish in america it is doubtful whether any country ever produced a more militant and able political journal than was united ireland in the stormy years during which it was edited by william o'brien as the organ of the land league the irish mood is gregarious expansive glowing and eager to keep an in intimate touch with the movements and affairs of humanity that i think is the secret of its success in journalism references madden irish periodical literature eighteen sixty seven andrews english journalism eighteen fifty five north newspaper and periodical press of the united states eighteen eighty four macdonald the reporter's gallery nineteen thirteen End of section 35.